Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ, therefore, forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bashed, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. Listen and enjoy this latest episode as Pastor Tim answers your sincere questions. Here's Pastor Tim. On this episode of Bible Bashed, we will be answering the question, why was it wrong to weep over Wakanda? Now, when the movie Black Panther came out, I watched the movie and had a uh, particular reaction to the movie. And then when I compared the reaction that I had to the reaction that many professing black Christians uh, seem to have over the uh, over the movie itself, uh, one of the things that was startling to me is to notice how uh, different the reaction I had was to the reaction of many professing black Christians. Uh, there were many pro- uh, professing black Christians at the time who were essentially weeping over the idea of Wakanda. Now, if you haven't watched the movie, Wakanda was essentially a uh, country in Northeast Africa in the comics and in the movies that was uh, that had embraced essentially an isolationist policy and it was left alone uh, and basically untouched by Western uh, whites <laughs> as far as that's concerned. And, and it had become, due to this isolationist policy, one of the most technologically advanced countries or the most technologically advanced country in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, uh, when you think about how this played out on the ground in the movie, uh, there was, uh, it was, Wakanda itself was a strange mixture of a very advanced technological society, but then it was also, uh, it also retained a lot of the primitive tribal aspects of uh, traditional African culture, uh, as far as those things are concerned. So there are scenes in the movie where uh, Wakandans are. <laughs> essentially barking at each other like animals and engaging in, um, you know, contests of strength to determine who's going to be the next uh, leader. And, and and so you have, uh, you know, the, tr- the primitive uh, tribal uh, component to that with their mannerisms and their dress and their commu- way of communicating and, uh, you know, just uh, these uh, strange uh, barking noises that they're making and, and everything else. But then you also have this uh, highly advanced technological society, and Wakanda in that way represents a fantasy about what Africa could have been like had you know white Westerners essentially left them alone. Uh, but the problem with this kind of fantasy is that it is indeed a fantasy. That's the problem. 
so uh, when you think about the way that sa- science uh, arose in the world in a historical way, science has not arisen naturally in primitive tribal societies. Uh, if you look at just many African countries today, you'll see that they're not paragons of sci- science. Uh, and you can't just blame uh, white Westerners for all that. Uh, science has has to science doesn't just develop in any soil. That's the point. There has to be a specific uh, kind of worldview present for science to actually arise. I mean, science didn't arise in an Eastern soil that was dominated by a belief in order and chaos and animism and superstition. Uh, and all those things, and so science arose in the West because it was uh, because in order for science to actually happen, you have to have certain presuppositions uh, necessary to for uh, to 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 produce science. Uh, now, many people think that Christianity is at odds fundamentally with science, but that that there's nothing that's further from the truth than that. I mean, Christians were the ones who invented science, and uh, sci- Christians invented science through the blessing of God and through the blessings of a Christian worldview. Uh, just to give you an example of how this actually works, I mean, Copernicus uh, uh, proposed the idea of circular planetary orbits, and that was a theory that held sway for quite some time in the scientific world. Uh, but Kepler, through his observations of the universe, uh, he noted that there were differences between planetary movements and the standard uh, Copernicus uh, uh, Copernicus uh, circular orbits uh, that were proposed, and and it, these uh, small variations that he noticed in the in the actual observations that he was having on the ground with what uh, the proposed orbits uh, told him should be the planetary motions led him to develop the idea of elliptical orbits, and and he and you know he's very uh, explicit about what led him to these kind of conclusions. He came to this conclusion because he believed that there was an orderly God behind the creation and because God was orderly and God's perfect perfect uh, essentially uh, God is going to uh, uphold the world in a very consistent way and when you look around the world you see uh, differences in what what you're observing with what you would expect it must be that your model is wrong and so that led him to believe in uh, come up with this theory of elliptical orbits because he fundamentally was basing that on the belief of an orderly create uh, creator who uh, basically had no inaccuracies or a lack of precision in his operations and how he upheld, upheld the universe. Uh, so when you think about the idea of Wakanda in that way, Wakanda represents a, a fantasy, and it's a fantasy that's a particularly destructive sort of fantasy, and that's why we're bringing it up. Um, so when you we've talked about over uh, on our episode, uh, Is America Racist? We brought up the um, poster that the National uh, Museum of African and American History put out. And essentially, uh, the National Museum of African American uh, History basically categorized a, a lot of the presuppositions needed for the development of science with being uh, presuppositions that were fundamentally share, uh, shared by white people or aspects of whiteness that uh, many black people have internalized and uh, and are not necessarily things that are objectively true or objectively right. So uh, part, you know, part of the um, characteristics of whiteness that the National Museum of African American History informed us about was the belief in logical and linear thinking, uh, the uh, emphasis on the scientific method, um, principles of uh, cause and effect. uh, these these are the kind of principles that are necessary for science to arise. And, and as the National Museum of African Her- American History is telling us, these are not 
that's kind of principles that all cultures uniquely share. Now, because of multiculturalism, one of the things that happens is that we are, it's demanded that we praise every single culture indiscriminately. And so we have to view all cultures as essentially neutral. And one of the things that that has led us to do is basically we, we view all cultures as neutral, uh, except for the West. So there's some asymmetric. Uh, asymmetrical uh, uh, expectations as it relates to our perspective of the West, but with every other culture, essentially we have to praise, and so this leads to, you know, basically this noble savage, savage kind of um, mythology, essentially where, you know, as we view Native American culture. Uh, uh, what we have to do is we have to look at Native American culture and somewhat romanticize it, or as we view African culture, we have to romanticize it. And so, you know, if you're engaged in this kind of project, pro, uh, project where uh, the world is divided up into oppressors and oppressed cultures, then uh, white Westerner culture is considered an oppressor culture, and then Native American culture or African culture, is, they're considered oppressed cultures, and because they're oppressed cultures, they have to be essentially universally praised. And so when there's differences in worldview as it relates to logical linear thinking, emphasis on the scientific method, uh, prioritization of cause and effect relationships, uh, principles of delayed gratification, hard work, um, uh, these kind of things. What happens is that if you put your multicultural lens on, you have to basically view every culture as fundamentally neutral and fundamentally equal. And then and then that leads you to this uh, kind of mythology that basically uh, villainizes the West. Uh, and, you know, there's obviously things that the West is guilty of that we ought to repent of. Uh, yes, the West uh, definitely exported uh, slaves uh, from Africa uh, to, to the West. And uh, we're uh, these are abominable practices that the Bible would prohibit, but then we have to understand something, that it was the blacks who enslaved their fellow, it was Africans who enslaved their fellow Africans and essentially sold us, uh, sold Africans to the West. And so it wasn't as if, you know, Africans themselves had some kind of wonderful culture. Now, if you think about what the Bible says about these actual issues, uh, what you'll realize is that, that uh, God, that, that there basically is no nation that is fundamentally neutral. You have to view the nations or the inhabitants of land in the way that God views the the nations or the inhabitants of land. And so um, when uh, cultures and society engage in abominable practices like child sacrifice and slavery and, um, you know, rape and murder and um, and all these things, uh you know, you, you could think about God's pattern in how the Israelites came and conquered the inhabitants of the land, the Jebusites, the Parasites, the Hivites, the Amalekites. Uh, the, the the Bible talks about these nations as uh, basically like the land is essentially vomiting these nations up because of all the vile practices which they practice. And God will frequently use even wicked nations in judgment against other nations uh, to remind them that they are all objects of his wrath. And so when we're thinking about like issues of, you know, the hope of Wakanda, or you're thinking about the uh, sin of the West, or you know, all of all these kind of things. What we have to realize is that, that nations rise and fall, and that God is behind these things, and that man is fundamentally not just some kind of neutral creature who uh, basically um, uh, is, you know, basically uh, noble and uh, basically good and 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 everything else. What you have to do is you have to put on a biblical worldview, and you have to realize that uh, when nations rise and fall, these are all signs of God's. Uh, judgment and so Africa was a nation of vile sinners before the West came and 
sinned against uh, them by purchasing slaves that were uh, captured by fellow Africans. Africa was a nation of vile sinners, and and there are consequences to uh, these nations' sin. It wasn't as if that Africa had embraced Jesus Christ as Lord in any wholesale way. Uh, Africa was an uh, was a nation that uh, basically was under the judgment of God, just like all pagan nations are under the judgment of God, apart from uh, some sort of commitment to follow uh, the things of the Lord. And so, uh, when you think about these kind of things, uh, there was something unique about the West. Uh, the West obviously wasn't perfect, but there was something unique about the West in that the West did embrace Christianity, and there were blessings that came from uh, the West embracing Christianity, and these blessings were extended to all the world. So certainly, uh, the West had its own fair share of sin, but what you can't do is you can't engage in some sort of fantasy world to where uh, you view all of uh, the other nations as if they're fundamentally neutral, and uh, you know, fundamentally good at heart and basically villainize the West for doing the kind of things that every society throughout the history of the world, even Africans were doing at the time. Uh, you, you know, basically uh, every nation throughout the whole history of the world has engaged in all sorts of evil and all sorts of sin, the West included. And, and in many ways, the West, uh, you know, was sowing in those moments the seeds of its inevitable downfall. But then there was a remarkable difference between uh, the Christianity of the West and the paganism of Africa. And so when you think about something like uh, this hope of Wakanda or this fantasy of Wakanda, uh, uh, the idea of weeping over what Wakanda could have been like, one of the things you have to do is you have to look at the world the way a Christian would look at the world and think about the things that the Bible tells us to think about. And, And what you'll realize is that there's blessings that come through formal acknowledgement of the Creator God. And part of those blessings are going to work themselves out in society. And, and part of the benefit of the West was to give the entire world science, which didn't uh, naturally arise in this pagan and superstitious worldviews of these primitive tribal regions. And so like the idea of having a primitive tribal society embracing its prim- primitive tribal ways and also developing science, that's a historical inaccuracy. It just didn't happen and it wouldn't happen. And, and if we continue to pretend like it does, then we're engaging in some sort of fantasy. Now, why this is all important is because there are characteristics that the Bible gives us which are necessary for success. And as long as we pretend, as long as we pretend as if all cultures are neutral, we are preventing uh, blacks from getting ahead in the world today. Uh, So there are characteristics that are needed in order to be productive members of society. Uh, You know, if you want to produce cars, if you want to produce these things which seem like miracles to uh, pagan tribal societies. I mean, just imagine trying to explain how electricity works to a a primitive tribal society. These are... uh, miracles. These are marvels. These are technological wonders. Uh, but then the, the point, though, is just to say that these things happen as a result of a kind of worldview that the Bible gives us. And that the kind of worldview that the Bible gives us is the importance of hard work, the importance of delayed gratification, the importance of logical linear thinking, uh, the importance of truth over and against subjectivity, uh, the primacy of cause and effect relationships. This is just reading through the book of Proverbs. And if you uh, you know, if there is a culture that comes along and rejects uh, all of these things as aspects of whiteness, uh, then one of the things that's going to happen is that that culture is going to hinder its ability to actually contribute to society and advance in the world. And that's why these things are fundamentally important. 
Uh, and not only is it important in order to help be a blessing to your fellow members of society, uh, it, it really does no good to engage in some sort of fantasy where you you romanticize your own people and villainize uh, members of uh, the opposite uh people groups and so every nation has its own kind of sins but not all nations sins are equal Uh, now when the israelites came to inherit the promised land god told the israelites it wasn't because of your own righteousness that you i'm dispossessing the inhabitants of this land i'm dispossessing the inhabitants of land because of their wickedness and this is just how the god works uh, throughout the world and societies god will use you know, wicked nations of their own sort uh, to uh, be acts of judgment against uh, other nations. Uh, you know, the Babylonians came a nation wickeder than uh, the Israelites and displaced them because God was displeased with them. Uh, but at the same time, if there is a nation that that is um, acknowledging God, there are blessings that are going to come from that. And that's part of what it means to be salt and light in the midst of uh, the world as Christians. And so, Uh, There are blessings that are going to come from uh, Christians influencing society. And and what you can't do is just um, engage in some kind of fantasy world where you believe that a pagan, tribal, superstitious people who are hostile to everything that the Bible commands, if left alone, would somehow... Uh, end up with all the blessings that come from, you know, a people imperfectly acknowledging God as well. So the West had plenty of problems, uh, but then uh, so did uh, so did Africa. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go...